Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Elon lowers the hammer on journalists. Your news update, and we wonder about Microsoft on this edition of Arbitrage News Weekend, starting right now. Hello and welcome to Arbitrage News Weekend for December 17, 2022. I'm Joshua Stark. Twitter suspended the accounts of several journalists who covered the social media platform, the latest battle over what can and cannot be said on the site since billionaire Elon Musk took control of it. Accounts of reporters with the New York Times, Washington Post, CNN, Voice of America, and other publications went dark Thursday. The company hasn't explained to the journalists why it took down the accounts and made their profiles and past tweets disappear, but Musk took to Twitter on Thursday night to accuse journalists of sharing private information about his whereabouts that he described as basically assassination coordinates. He provided no evidence for that claim. The sudden suspension of news reporters followed Musk's decision Wednesday to permanently ban an account that automatically tracked the flights of his private jet using publicly available data. The U.S. Department of Commerce is adding 36 Chinese high-tech companies, including makers of aviation equipment, chemicals, and computer chips to an export controls blacklist, citing concerns over national security, U.S. interests, and human rights. The inclusion of the companies in the trade entity list means that export licenses will likely be denied for any U.S. company trying to do business with them. In some cases, companies based in other countries are also required to comply with the requirements to prevent technologies from being diverted to uses banned under the export controls. The move signals a hardening of U.S. efforts to prevent China, especially its military, from acquiring advanced technologies. U.S. safety regulators are investigating reports that autonomous robo-taxis run by General Motors Cruise LLC can stop too quickly or unexpectedly quit moving, potentially stranding passengers. Three rearing collisions that reportedly took place after cruise autonomous vehicles braked hard kicked off the probe, according to the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration. At the time, robo-taxis were staffed by human safety drivers. The agency also has multiple reports of cruise robo-taxis without human safety drivers becoming immobilized in San Francisco traffic, possibly stranding passengers and blocking lanes. The reports of immobilized vehicles come from discussions with crews, media reports, and local authorities, NHTSA said in an investigation document posted Friday on its website. Several motorists who were speeding through an elementary school zone on the Florida Keys Overseas Highway 
received an odorous onion as a reminder to slow down from a county sheriff's deputy dressed as the Grinch. Colonel Lou Caputo, a 37-year veteran of the Moreau County Sheriff's Office who conjured up the concept more than 20 years ago, was back on the streets Tuesday. Drivers who travel about five miles an hour or less above the school zone's speed limit can choose between traffic citations and an onion presented by the Grinch. Those speeding beyond that likely receive a costly ticket. It's about education, awareness that our school zones are still operating, even though it's the holiday season, Caputo said. We want people to slow down. More after this on Arbitrage News Weekend, including some exciting special guests. I'm pumped. Let's go. It's Thursday night, and you're grabbing drinks with some friends. Started off with a pitcher for the table, which quickly becomes two. There's pool. And there's the photo booth. All right, everybody squeeze in. Say cheese. Followed naturally by an order of wings. And another. Can we get some extra ranch sauce? Then there's the ceremonial nightcap. So what are we doing this weekend? And lastly, it's back to the car, which, if you're buzzed... ...could be the most expensive night of your life. Getting pulled over for buzz driving could cost you around $10,000 in fines, legal fees, and increased insurance rates. Nothing kills a buzz like getting pulled over for buzz driving, because buzz driving is drunk driving. Brought to you by the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration and the Ad Council. This week's ArbitrageTrade.com blog includes the UK is changing the work week, retail post-COVID, and the FTC sues to block Microsoft. All this and more in this week's Arbitrage blog, available now at ArbitrageTrade.com. I am excited because I have my friends in studio this week, one of them including our chief analytics officer and also my blogging partner in crime, Mrs. Ari Keenan, and she's with me right now. Hi, Ari. Hello. Thanks for having me. Um, some of you probably remember me as Ari Walter, and I upgraded earlier this year to uh, wife. So there you go. A different person now. So apparently... The UK is talking about a four-day work week. That sounds fun. Yeah, so it's actually not the UK as a whole, but 100 different companies in the UK have decided that they are going to attempt a four-day, 32-hour workday. Um, obviously, there are some pros and there's going to be some cons to that, so I guess we'll see what happens there. Yeah, yeah. So... They haven't been the only people who have done this, right? Uh, so kind of. There was a study done I, over the whole country of Sweden where um, they attempted to adjust hours such that their workers were in office less. Um, I cannot do math quickly right now, but I want to say that on average it was like six and a half hours in the office per day instead of the traditional eight um and that was still a five-day work week too by the way yes yes yeah. it was still a five-day work week they were just cutting hours back to see okay is this going to increase morale and when I mean, it really didn't and so that didn't work out too well no no and they did this for 24 months and they saw a decrease in morale and, and a decrease in uh work 
So not only are these companies in the UK doing a 32 hour work week, but they're also cutting a full day with this. Uh, so it's, it's a four day work week, which means, you know, you get three days of a weekend. That doesn't sound bad to me. Uh, you know, it depends on your situation. Uh, so circling back to other places that have done this, there have been other small companies in Europe who have attempted this. And for the most part, they saw success, but you know, you're talking about, you know, less than 200 people <laughs> that you're dealing with all right. of which are salary. Now you got to think about your hourly employees. They have to make up that time. You also have to think about the adjustments for childcare that people have to make and other activities that are planned that people typically do um, along with that, that extra day. So as much as it sounds great without proper planning and uh, you know understanding your employee situation, it may not work out the way that we're thinking it will. Well, as all good things happen here, uh, we, we kind of pioneered the five-day, 40-hour work week, uh, something called the Labor Standards Act, the Fair Labor Standards Act, which uh, established a 40-hour a work week. And um, we'll see what happens at 32. I guess we'll be taking a look at this and see, uh, see how it works out. And uh, we'll talk more about it on the Arbitrage blog at arbitragetrade.com forward slash blog, where you can read more from Miss Ari. Thanks for being with me. Of course. Ari, always great to have you with us. And I have a secret. I'm not going to tell it right now, but we're probably going to hear a lot more from Ari back after this. Hi, we're the Goo Goo Dolls. We're fortunate that we can give our daughters everything they need to grow and learn. But not every child can focus on classes and play dates. Nearly 13 million kids in the U.S. face hunger. That's one in six. School lunch might be their only meal each day, and it's heartbreaking to imagine any child going to bed hungry. We're dreaming of a perfect day when kids can smile, play, and just be kids without worrying about where their next meal will come from. Feeding America is working to make that perfect day a reality. Each year, the Feeding America network of food banks rescues billions of pounds of good food that would have gone to waste. That food is given to families and children in need. Being a kid should be about doing things that make an ordinary day extraordinary. Learning to play an instrument, building a sandcastle, hosting tea parties. Hunger should never be an obstacle to growing up. You can help end childhood hunger in your community by visiting feedingamerica.org. Brought to you by Feeding America and the Ad Council. Bice is an American pit bull terrier with an important and sensitive job in Ukraine comforting children traumatized by Russia's war. The playful eight-year-old gray dog arrived on time this week to a rehabilitation center on the outskirts of the Ukrainian capital, ready to start his duties. As Beist walked in a hallway inside of what looked like a school classroom with paintings and some books, a dozen children were seated around a table listening to Oksana Silpova, a psychologist. Who has a dog, she asked, and several hands raised at once while the space filled with shouts of me, me, me. One youngster said his dog was named Stitch. Tank, said another boy, adding that he has a total of five, but he forgot all their names. Everyone burst out laughing. The seven girls and nine boys, ranging in age from a two-year-old boy to an 18-year-old young woman, 
look at first like school children enjoying class, but they have particular stories. Some witnessed how Russian soldiers invaded their hometowns and beat their relatives. Some are the sons, daughters, brothers, or sisters of soldiers who are on the front lines or were killed on them. They come together at the Center for Social and Psychological Rehabilitation, a state-operated community center where people can get help coping with traumatic experiences after Russia's invasion in February. Staffers provide regular psychological therapy for anyone who has been affected in any way by the war. In the past, they have worked with horses, but now they are adding support from another four-legged friend, canine therapy. Located in Boyarka, a suburb around 20 kilometers southwest of Kiev, the center was established in 2000 as part of an effort to give psychological support to people affected directly or indirectly by the explosion at the nuclear plant in Chernobyl in 1986. Now it focuses on people affected by the war. These days, when some areas are without power after the Russian attacks to Ukrainian inf energy infrastructure, the two-story building is one of the few places with light and heating. With the kids gathered, some wearing festive blue or red Christmas hats, Silipova casually asked if they wanted to meet someone. Yes, they did, came the response. The door opened, the faces of the children glowed, they smiled, and in came Bice the tail-wagging therapist. Darina Kokozai, the pooch's owner and handler, asked the children to come by one by one to ask him to do a trick or two. He sat, he stood up on his hind legs, he extended a paw or rolled over, then a group hug followed by a few tasty treats for him. For more than 30 minutes, Bice let everybody touch him and hug him without ever barking. It was as if nothing else mattered at that moment, as if there were nothing to worry about, like, say, a war ravaging their country. This is the first time that Silpova has worked with a dog as part of her therapies, but she said, I read a lot of literature that working with dogs with four-legged rehabilitators help children reduce stress, increase stress resistance, and reduce anxiety. The kids did not seem stressed out, but of course, the reality is still out there. She observed how some children are scared of loud noises, like when someone closes a window or when they hear the sound of a jet. Some drop to the floor or start asking whether there's a bomb shelter close. More after this on Arbitrage News Weekend. Stick around because I've got more friends coming up. Okay, so, Sarah, I'm dropping you off at Emily's? Yep. And Josh, you're going to? Soccer, Dad. Soccer practice. Right. Oh, by the way, I just wanted to let you know when I pick you both up, I'll be wearing my short shorts. What? No! Yep, and my dorky dad hat, and I'm going to do my dad dance for all your friends. They'll love it! Seriously? Why? Because I like my short shorts. Of course, I could be talked out of it if you guys would just buckle up your seatbelts without giving me a hard time. It's important to get your kids to buckle up for safety, no matter what it takes. And sometimes, all it takes is your parental powers of persuasion. Okay, okay, we're buckling up. See, all buckled. Good choice. I'll just have to do my dad dance at dinner time. What, what? No! Do what you have to to make sure your kids are wearing their seatbelts, even on short drives. Never give up until they buckle up. A message from the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration and the Ad Council. Visit safercar.gov slash kidsbuckleup for more information. 
Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is PlushCare. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. In the Arbitrage studio today, I am very privileged to have our Director of Education, Caroline Hollis with me. Welcome to the show, Caroline. Thank you, Josh. This is going to be fun. This is the first time we've we've been able to be in the studio together. So uh, we're going to, I'll tell you what, let's do this. Tell me a little bit about yourself. Where'd you come from? What do you do? Oh, I'm a lifelong Memphian. And uh, before I came to arbitrage, I was a high school math teacher at two different uh, local high schools. And I taught anything from seventh grade math through AP calculus. And you're helping us with uh, ed- with our education department. You're helping us kind of zhuzh up our <laughs> our lessons. <laughs> and uh, you're going to see her a lot on arbitragetrade.org uh, uh, with the seminars and with the, the one-point lessons that we do. So very cool to have you here. Thank you. I've, I've enjoyed it, uh, working on some of the curriculum and then also helping with some of the indicators. She actually uh, uses her teacher voice a lot around here. Now. I try. <laughs> um, I, I'm pulling back the curtain a little bit. She has a hall pass for us now. So, Miss <laughs> Hollis, can I go to the bathroom? You've already no. been once this period. Dang it. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, on this segment, we're talking about how retail looks post-pandemic. We all know that we kind of had to roll everything back. Uh, Before the pandemic, consumers had gotten accustomed with instant gratification packages and groceries, you know, and that sort of thing. Unfortunately, we had to shift to a model that was basically getting those same packages delivered to the house or having to deal with supply and demand. And unfortunately, we, we, we see that many businesses haven't been able to resume those normal operations. As a matter of fact, you've kind of run up against that yourself, haven't you? Yeah, you know, it's when the pandemic first started and trying, as you said, with the supply and demand, we had um, a lot more things delivered to the house that I normally would have gone out to the store to get. Um, just trying to be careful. I have a young son before the vaccines were out and just trying to keep my family healthy. So we did some grocery deliveries. I was ordering paper towels <laughs> to be delivered to the house. Um, and it was convenient, but I did miss actually going to the stores. Um, right. And even now, you know, several years in, 
with the supply chain issues, when I was going to um, Josh and our other office mates got to enjoy some Christmas treats that I baked over the weekend. And I had to go to multiple stores just to get the ingredients because one store was missing some things, another store was out of something else. And so it is definitely still a problem. They're very good, by the way. I am glad you enjoyed them. <laughs> so we, we see a lot of problems still with supply and demand. As a matter of fact, uh, I was reading that Walmart is actually, uh, they scaled back their 24-hour super centers. They have no plans to go back to a 24-hour schedule. So it, it's all around, it seems like. You know, we, we uh, have supply and demand issues still. We have hours issues and also employment issues that, that seem to drive this as well. Thanks for being with us, Caroline. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> it was good to be with you, Josh. Yeah, thank you very much. And you can read more about this on arbitragetrade.com. Coming up next on this very special edition of Arbitrage News Weekend, more news talking about a private Tokyo company aiming for the moon with some UAE hardware. No word in the English language is less convincing than probably. Are you sure we should get matching tattoos on our first date? Sure. Um, we'll probably stay together. Probably? It's been 23 minutes since I ate. I can probably swim. Uh, you should wait 30 minutes. Mm, okay, now tell me what to do. Cannonball! Cramp! Oh, I have a cramp. I can probably hit the green from here. Probably. Can I get a mulligan? Ready to go? Hey, are you sure you're okay to drive? Yeah, I'm pretty sober. Yeah, I'm probably okay. Probably okay isn't okay, especially when it comes to drinking and driving. If you're drinking, call a cab, a car, or a friend. Buzz driving is drunk driving. A message brought to you by NHTSA and the Ad Council. A Tokyo company aimed for the moon with its own private lander Sunday, blasting off atop a SpaceX rocket with the United Arab Emirates' first lunar rover and a toy-like robot from Japan that's designed to roll around up there in the gray dust. It will take nearly five months for the lander and its experiments to reach the moon. The company iSpace designed its craft to use minimal fuel to save money and leave more room for cargo, so it's taking a slow, low-energy path to the moon, flying one million miles from Earth before looping back and intersecting with the moon by the end of April. By contrast, NASA's Orion crew capsule with test dummies took five days to reach the moon last month. The lunar flyby mission ended Sunday with a thrilling Pacific splashdown. The iSpace lander will aim for Atlas Crater in the northeastern section of the moon's near side, more than 50 miles across and just over one mile deep. With its four legs extended, the lander is more than seven feet tall. With a science satellite already around Mars, the UAE wants to explore the moon too. Its rover, named Rashid after Dubai's royal family, weighs just 22 pounds and will operate on the surface for about 10 days, like everything else on the mission. Emirates project manager Hamad Al-Mazuki said, 
landing on an unexplored part of the moon will yield novel and highly valued scientific data. In addition, the lunar surface is an ideal platform to test new tech that can be used for eventual human expeditions to Mars. Plus, there's national pride. The rover represents a pioneering national endeavor in the space sector and a historic moment that, if successful, will be the first Emirati and Arab mission to land on the surface of the moon, he said in a statement following liftoff. In addition, the lander is carrying an orange-sized sphere from the Japanese space agency that will transform into a wheeled robot on the moon, also flying a solid-state battery from a Japanese-based spark plug company, an Ottawa, Ontario company's flight computer with artificial intelligence for identifying geologic features seen by the UAE rover, and 360-degree cameras from a Toronto-area company. Hitching a ride on the rocket was a small NASA laser experiment that is now bound for the moon on its own to hunt for ice in the permanently shadowed craters of the lunar south pole. The ice-based mission is called Hakuto, Japanese for white rabbit. In Asian folklore, a white rabbit is said to live on the moon. A second lunar landing by the private company is planned for 2024 and a third in 2025. Founded in 2010, iSpace was among the finalists in the Google Lunar X Prize competition, requiring a successful landing on the moon by 2018. The lunar rover built by iSpace never launched. Another finalist, an Israeli nonprofit called Space IL, managed to reach the moon in 2019, but instead of landing gently, the spacecraft bare sheet slammed into the moon and was destroyed. With Sunday's pre-dawn launch from the Cape Canaveral Space Force Station, iSpace is now on its way to becoming one of the first private entities to attempt a moon landing. Next up, we're talking tech with David Grantham. Stick around. Why was the basketball court all wet? Because the players kept dribbling on it. The dad joke. <laughs> Corny, groan-worthy, but also one of the simplest ways to share a moment with your kids. What did the buffalo say when he dropped his son off for school? Bye, son. <laughs> so take a moment to make your kid laugh, because dad jokes rule. Make your kid laugh today. Go to fatherhood.gov. Brought to you by the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services and the Ad Council. Adopt U.S. Kids presents What to Expect When You're Expecting. A Teenager. Learning the Lingo. Jelly. Jelly adjective. Jelly is a shorter, better way to say jealous. As in, Chloe, I am like so jelly of your unicorn phone case. You don't have to speak teen to be a perfect parent. Thousands of teens in foster care will love you just the same. Visit AdoptUSKids.org. Brought to you by the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services, AdoptUSKids, and the Ad Council. We're having fun in the Arbitrage studio this week with uh, some of our, our friends. With us, we have Mr. David Grantham, who is the Chief Data Officer here at Arbitrage. David, thanks for joining us on the show today. It's great to be here. It's great to be here. Always excited to talk to you, Josh. You know, I'm an exciting person to talk to, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> but today, we're going to be talking about Microsoft's planned $69 billion acquisition of the company Activision Blizzard, popular for 
Call of Duty and World of Warcraft and things like that, the FTC has kind of gone, not so sure about that, buddy. And uh, they voted three to one to issue a complaint uh, to kind of sue them to stop them from doing this, right? Well, you know, it just makes you think that the FTC has a lot of Call of Duty players on the alternate platforms like PlayStation. And they're like, man, you're, you're going to mess my game up. Why are you going to take it away? Uh, no, yeah, the government, uh, you know, under, under Biden's FTC is, is very much anti-big business or less big business than, you know, the, the Republican administrations in the past. So that's no big surprise. You have, you have Elizabeth Warren, who's really just, you know, making a lot of noise. She's, she has that, con, you know, consumer protection, you know, agency that she's promoting. So, yeah, we and I know I'm probably jumping ahead from from where you were thinking. But, you know, on the on the other side of, of that whole kerfuffle is Activision Blizzard's just desperate to be acquired. They're like, oh, please don't mess me up. <laughs> absolutely. Absolutely. It's a it's a coup. It definitely is. I mean, speaking from my experience. Uh, I'm looking to see what Sony is going to do to respond to this. I can see an acquisition of Take Two Interactive, maybe. So we'll, we'll see. Sense. Yeah. We'll see how that goes. But I really want this to happen. I seriously do because it's going to enter. It's going to energize the industry a little bit. But Lena Khan, the new head of of the FTC, I think she kind of wants to make waves, and I think that's that's also part of this. I mean. You know, we've heard a lot from her lately, and I, I just think that I think that it's one of those things to where they're going. We want to we want to plant our flag on this. You know, we want to make sure that big tech stays under our umbrella. Well, yeah, I mean, also, I mean, they have piles of information on Microsoft and how they've operated in the past from their previous lawsuit that they had against them. So all they had to do is dig up some dirt and say, well. Is this familiar? And this probably is. It's probably familiar. And you know, Microsoft's become a bigger target lately. Uh, they had to. They kind of stopped some of that, that meta deal um, earlier, and they they're just wanting to just keep that momentum on the lawsuit side. Uh, but I guess the question is: is who's going to buy who, and who's going to let who go under? So I mean, you're gonna you're gonna see arguments on both sides. It's going to be interesting to see this play out. Um, exactly yeah uh microsoft of course has has you you were talking about the the former ftc thing with windows they basically broke up the company because they didn't want windows to be this behemoth but it is anyway so we'll see how it it goes yeah yeah well thanks so much for being with us today david really appreciate it it's always fun to talk to you, especially about tech stuff. So that's one of my favorites. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, David. We'll see you Monday on Arbitrage News. Arbitrage Trade Analytics, LLC, is a privately held market research company. Arbitrage Trade Analytics, LLC, is solely responsible for the preparation and distribution of the content of this podcast. The opinions offered in this podcast are for informational purposes only and are not intended to be investment advice. Seek a duly licensed professional for investment advice. For more information about the informational research and services offered by Arbitrage Trade Analytics, LLC, please visit Arbitrage 
Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.